0: welcome to Paris podcast I'm Mike and this is
1: Orlando and we're on episode 262 yeah 262 right yeah <laughs> okay just to make all sure. episode long all right there we go so this one what a way to start we always have these interesting last time I saw you corrected like you were talking about
0: yeah. ribeye not prime rib yeah 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 well technically I, I'm pretty sure it's like the same similar cut of meat like comes from the same part but they're prepared differently so ribeye I think uh, I think Prime rib is is broiled and or yeah, and then ribeye is charred. So it's actually like on a grill.
1: So welcome to the Fine Dining Podcast. Yeah. We've decided to change our, our genre to another, another category. Yeah. No, but actually, no, we're here to talk about reselling. So thank you for staying with us for the last 30 seconds, even though that sounded obnoxious. Because what we're gonna talk about today is why resellers quit. Mm. Now I did some research for this. I watched, I don't know how many, I try to watch every single YouTube out there and Instagram posts and, and social media stuff about why resellers quit, right? Because some of the times it's clickbait, right? It's like, I'm quitting eBay and then you go on there and it's like, Oh no, they're just, they're just going to Poshmark or something. Right. Or, or, you know, I'm done with eBay, but it's like, no, they kind of, that's how they're feeling at the moment, but they're still going to keep selling. I'm talking about people that just, just altogether leave,
0: like leave. And so they find a new profession besides the greatest profession reseller. Yes.
1: And, and, and some of them are just part-time and they're like, I'm done with it. So the reason I thought, and, and you know, I talked it over with Mike, cause you know, we did have an episode before that was about reseller burnout. This is not about reseller burnout. This is about people actually leaving and it's not always because of burnout. Sometimes it's for good, even great genuine reasons. And other times it's just not seeing, you know, the, the final product, not having the end in mind, just going in and going in and then just, you know, going, okay, I think I'm done with this. So let's talk about some of these real quick. (laughs) I need to do a disclaimer. Sorry. we may not cover everything here. So if there's something we miss, if there's another reason why you think people quit or, you know, you had friends like we, we had friends of ours that were all about reselling. You know, I remember, uh, one of my good friends, like I, he would go on ride-alongs with me to garage sales. And then I ended up buying out all his inventory and he quit. And then months later, he's like, you know what? I should have stuck with eBay, right? So that leads us to our first point.
0: Yeah. And and real quick in the in the comments below, let us know, have you have you come close to quitting? What were some of the reasons that you've decided to quit or maybe scale back? Maybe you were full-time and you decided to go part-time. Maybe you have friends who've quit. What are some of the reasons that, uh, that either you've considered or friends of yours have actually left the reselling? Uh, So yeah, let us know in the comments. So I'm just gonna ask you the question for the first point. So do you find that
1: people quit too early at times?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of it's just a kind of like an impatience where you know people see what what we do, and a lot of times they see the highlights, right? Like we can talk about big hustles. I can tell my friends like, yeah, I bought this thing and I sold it for this much. They see things on on YouTube, and they kind of feel like if I go and I buy a couple of items at a store, and I you know go to a thrift store, go to a garage sale. I've got now five items. I posted them. And it's like, where's the money? Where's the money, right? Like they're waiting for the money and and it's it's not coming and they they don't really give it enough time to develop a store, to build a store. Or maybe the very first time they have to actually ship something, they're like, well, that was a lot harder than I thought. And they just give up without realizing that, you know, it is it does take patience, it takes time. There's a little bit more uh, involved with it than simply, you know, list it, forget it, and you're going to be a millionaire overnight.
1: Yeah, and so... You got to you got to kind of play the long game, even if you're just doing it as a side hustle. I can't tell you how many times we've received DMs and maybe some of you have sent them to us or maybe you've been thinking about it. Hey, Orlando. Hey, Mike, I have 30 items in my store. I've been going to garage sales. I've been listing on eBay. I've been checking comps and I haven't. Sold much? I sold like two over the last month. I don't know if this reselling gig is for me. And I, and I comment back and I said, hey, listen, and we've done this story so many times, right? If you go into a store, right, and you're looking for a specific item, so let's say you're looking for a 49ers hat, right, and you go into the store, and there might be 25 hats, and they may be all NFL hats, but not any of them is a 49ers hat. What are the chances that that store is going to end up getting your business? Probably not at all, right? Because they're looking. For that item at the same time, too. Right. You also have that that when you're first starting, like your feedback isn't that high. Right. So it takes time. You got to build that feedback. You got to build that trust with the customers. So they're like, okay, I want to buy from this individual. They have a good track record. Mm. Right. So I find a lot of people, you know, especially, you know, you watch like a a Gary Vee thing about garage sales or or maybe you listen to one of our podcasts or you watch a YouTuber and you go out there like, wow, they made a killing. You got to understand and Mike Mike and I do try to keep it real but also you know we have to do what keeps social media growing right we we if we all we had was negative stuff like every fail right it, we people would not go like I want to follow those guys that well, buy stuff for high and sell it for low well and the reality is
0: we do win a lot right like when you're yes. if you're if you're sourcing but it took time to get there right so if you're sourcing all the time you and you've learned the niche i mean if I compare the things I was buying when I first started reselling, I had a few really good lucky buys and things that I was able to come across. And then there were a lot of things that I look at. and I'm like, I would never buy that again. Right. I, I learned it took a little bit of time. Uh, but yeah. So if you've been doing it for a while, like on a on an average week, I'm I'm getting a couple of really good scores. Right. So there's nothing wrong with sharing those because I don't have several fails throughout the week all the time. Like occasionally there's a fail here and there yeah again it takes time so uh you got to kind of play the long run and that kind of leads into the next point is uh sometimes people get bad um bad buys right off the bat and bad buyers so both of those kind of go together so when you when you're first starting out you know you're you might not be thinking of all the costs you might be thinking hey i can buy this at you know target and it's twenty dollars and it sells for 35 on ebay like i'm gonna make a killing but then you realize well by the time eBay takes their fees and by the time I have to ship it and shipping costs you might be looking at 1 to 2 dollars profit and a lot of time and effort and so you're buying things that don't actually have a lot of profit or maybe you bought things and you realized there were there was problems with them uh you didn't actually check for stains in clothes or you didn't check like I I did this a lot shoes that the soles were starting to come off but I didn't check enough I'm like oh this is a good brand I bought it and then I get home and it's like oh it's starting to separate right there like that was a waste of 10 bucks you know so you make those bad buys, and then you, when you're starting out, and let's say you're starting out with a hundred dollars as capital to to get into reselling, and you lose thirty bucks on a bad buy, that's a significant like loss in your your profit. And you're like, this is it, I'm out. And the same thing goes with bad buyers, right? Like if you're, I, I notice it happens a lot more. The scammers. Yeah, scammers to like new eBay sellers. I mean, my brother-in-law, he listed an item. He found a pair of shoes at a thrift store, and he wanted to kind of do what I was doing. So he listed them for like. 35 bucks and somebody offered him like best offer of like $60. And he took it and he's like, I'm so excited. Like it sold for more. And I'm like, bro, it was the best offer. It's not a, it's not a uh, it's it wasn't an auction. Like they shouldn't be paying you more. And sure enough, it was a like somebody's a scammer, and then they never paid. And then it was like a whole thing. And he's like, Well, eBay's terrible. And it's like, well, you know, that that kind of those, if you get one or two bad experiences like that, it's easy to say, I'm out. And especially if the first few, you know, it, you get a return on one of your first few sales. It's brutal. It's it's something that's like, this isn't worth it. But then to realize like, that's just the odds, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. selling a hundred things, you're going to have two or three things that you're going to have returns on. You're going to have a couple bad buys here and there. And sometimes you get unlucky and that those two or three happen in your first 10 sales, or they might not happen until your 80th sale, right? So if it happens early, it's easy to become uh disenchanted with reselling for sure.
1: Well, and and I wanted to add to that about the bad buys. And it. I had another point about too much work. Sometimes you'll watch. So, I, you know, I'm going to try to be as generic as possible, but, you know, you might watch somebody on TikTok, right? You watch a quick 30 seconds. They're like, I went to this garage sale and they're selling Beanie Babies for $0.10 cents a piece. And these go, these, and they're not trying, they're not exaggerating. They're not saying they sell for thousands. They may go like, these are selling for $5 a piece, right? So, I bought 20 of them. I should make about $100. Okay, so you're going to list 20 items to make $100, right? So five. So you're going to spend the time, right? If you do the math, you're going to sell each of them for five dollars. Then you're going to get the eBay fees taken out. Then, you know, let's say you do free shipping. So you you end up getting the shipping taken out. Then you got to take the time to pick that item, put it in the envelope, whatever, seal it, put on a label. And then you're going to go to the post office, right? You're doing all that work. And eventually over time, you may be making less than minimum wage, right? And I see this uh, so much right now, you know, people buying stuff for two and they're like, yes, I can sell it for eight. I mean, <laughs> we have a, we are going to have a TikTok reaction video eventually, because there's some interesting videos out there. But I saw one where I was like top three items to pick up for reselling and it was plush uh, mugs. Mug, like, and like something I'm not like, ties.
0: Oof. And yeah, I would I, tell I you, that. I tried the tie thing. You and pick was...
1: up those three things, and you might go, Wow, I'm gonna pay 10 cents and I'm gonna flip it for $8. You will be miserable. I promise you. If I'm wrong, let me know in the comments. But if that's all you're doing is picking up a bunch of items that you're only making $5 a piece on you you'll end up miserable over time cuz you're going to be working so hard to make so little. Mm. And we all got to start somewhere. I mean, I started somewhere too. I had picked up mugs and I picked up shirts that you know, I picked up paid for like $3 and I sold them for like 15, 20 and and that was a big deal to me. But if it's anywhere in that like 7 to 12 dollar range, that's what you're selling items for, it, it gets if you keep doing that over and over and over and over and over again, whew, you can get exhausted pretty quickly and you're like Is it really worth all the time? But if you start researching and you start looking at things more and you go, hey, you know what? Here's an item I can pay $5 and I can flip it for $50 or I can flip it even for $30 or $40 and you do like three or four of those flips, that's going to encourage you because you're like, wow, look at that ROI. But if you're always looking at at the very low cost and you end up bad by like ties, (laughs) those, those, those are easy to ship. But as far as the listing, like you got to place it really nice and, and you got to have the
0: right lighting and it may sit for a while. And, you know, and like anything else, it kind of goes like something like a tie. If it's a five it depends dollar profit, but if it's if you're going to make eighty dollars on the tie, well, then it's definitely worth that amount of time. Right. 100%. So same thing with shoes, like taking pictures of shoes isn't too difficult, but they're a little expensive to ship. And, you know, you want to make sure you've checked them right and sizing is right and all of those things. And if you're making $5 per pair of shoe, unless you're like doing Amazon and you're buying a hundred pairs and it's all one listing, you're taking pictures, one, like that's very different. Like if you're doing bulk like that, but if you're going to thrift stores and you're, you're picking up a bunch of shoes, but you're only making $5 each, as opposed to, Hey, I'm only going to pick up one pair that I can make $30 on. And I'm going to save that time. Now, again, we I've talked a lot about, you've got different resources, right? You've got time, you've got capital. You've got space. There's different things that factor into it. And so maybe you have a lot of time. You're like, I I, I literally, I I, blo- I don't have any other job. I don't have any other hobbies besides reselling. And I don't have a lot of capital. I only have like $40 to spend. Then maybe it's totally worth it to take pictures of 40 different items that you got for a dollar. And you're going to make $5 on. Because over time, that'll start to scale and add up. There,
1: there has to be a leap eventually, right. though. Yep. I mean, that's going to lead to burnout. I and For sure. It just it just kills me because I, <laughs> I wish I could throw names out there, but I've watched certain people on YouTube and on social media that they continue to pick up these items that they're only making four or five bucks on. And I'm telling you it's to me, it seems like it's more for the YouTube than it is for themselves. Cause I could tell you as a full-time seller, if everything I was selling was $4 a piece, I'd be done. Yeah, I'd be done. I mean, There's so much work that goes into it. Now, if it's Amazon FEA and I'm sending it out to a warehouse and they're shipping and they're packing and everything, sure, that's easy because it's a one-time pack and ship, right? But if it's for eBay or Posh or any of those, you don't want to burn out now. This next is gonna be about not this next segment, but next point within about starting too early about things is gonna be about full time sellers. But before we do that, I do wanna say thank you to all of you that signed up for our buymeacoffee.com coffee.com slash pure hustle. Yeah. It's kind of like I guess you can call our, our Patreon kind of deal. Yeah. Right. Except we didn't like I I didn't like the word Patreon. I like buy me a coffee. If you really care about us, you can buy us some coffees. Yeah, and
0: we've gotten some new members, so we're really excited about that. And we're definitely gonna be setting up probably the the later half of October a nice uh Meetup where we do a virtual meetup on Zoom. It's not per se extra content. We're not putting an extra, you know, episodes up that you have to pay for. But again, it's just a good way for people who are supporting us financially to get a chance to talk with us and other supporters, right? Because a lot of times those meetups, some of the best content and some of the best information is just shared between resellers, just connecting and talking to each other. So it's a lot of fun, and uh, the 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 reason we're able to keep doing what we're doing is because of supporters like you, like occasionally we get an advert, you know, an ad that, that somebody will pay us to run an ad on the, the podcast, but it's few and far between, and it's not a lot of money there. So what keeps this going is people supporting us. So thank you so much. And if you can't support us financially, you're not at a place where you can do that, or, you know, you just don't feel like it's worth it at this point for you. Um, just, leaving a review on iTunes makes a huge difference for us. So either one of those things is going to help us out. It's a good way for Orlando and I to know like, Hey, like, you know, what we're doing, it matters. People care about it. So uh, huge thank you to all of you who are doing that. So
1: this next section, right. Thank, thanks again for buying me a coffee uh, r- real quick, by the way, I want to say thank you to all of you who have been doing that for like, it's, it's going to be over. It's going to be a year. Pretty yeah, soon. So so we're thankful for all of you that have been doing the yearly, buy me a coffee and memberships. Uh, it's just, it's really been appreciated. I mean, I even think about, you know, some of you have commented about the quality of the audio part of it is because of the, the device we have here and this wasn't cheap.
0: Yeah. And even like we, we pay monthly subscription to be able to uh, edit the audio and, and all of that. So, yeah,
1: I didn't even know about that one. Yep. So out of Mike's pocket. That's All right. right. All
0: right, so this next one is about full
1: time and you've heard me say this many many times that the moment that reselling becomes a job for me is the moment I quit. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to keep that mentality. But the difference between some resellers and others is that some resellers waited to scale their business, right? They they were part-time for a long time and then eventually they got to a place where they were making more money reselling than they were doing at their regular job. Right. And and including benefits. Like they they did the math. They budgeted out. They said, hey, I can even inf- afford I, I'll be able to afford my medical insurance. I'll be able to still put money in retirement. Uh, all the person benefits that I would have had at my nine to five, I'm going to be able to have with reselling because I've made that much money. But I've seen the other side where it's resellers that are like, you know what, I'm done with the nine to five. I'm walking away and they start right away going full time. You know small inventory, not a lot of capital and it's not saying people can't do it, right but f- for me it's it's I see a lot of people burn out real quick because what was one time a part time fun hobby side hustle treasure hunt now it's like I better go sourcing. I better find good stuff because if I don't, I won't be able to make enough money to pay my bills yeah yeah and you're up against the wall and you're in a really hard place yeah you
0: have to at that point it it makes it tough and i think i think scaling it slow is a really wise choice uh, when you're wanting to make the leap from part-time to full-time for a couple reasons one you're building up the inventory you're building up the the systems all of those things you need to be able to do that two you've got the data you know it was this just one season like if you just Mm -hmm. went through q4 and you're like hey i could do this but you haven't gone through all four quarters in a, in a, you know, selling cycle. And you haven't done that for a couple of years to kind of notice trends on the items you're selling. And can you actually source consistently? So I would say even more than just having like a large inventory of items and having enough capital is even just the knowledge, the, the longer you do it, the more knowledge you have. Like I, I if i had have gone full time a year ago, two years ago, I, 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 I would have failed. Like, there's no way I would, it, I would have floundered so quickly just because I, I, You can't learn the things that are crucial that you already have to know when it's life or death basically when you have to pay the bills but when now if i were to go full time i I, i'm pretty confident that i could do it you know another year of experience i'm even more confident i'd Mm -hmm, be able to mm -hmm. do it because i've i've done lots of different sourcing i've learned what platforms work for me i learned Better ways of shipping i've learned time management all of those things have taken you know going on three plus years of experience to kind of get a handle on so i get it one of the nice things about doing it part-time and having in the back of your mind i want to go full-time is you can say you know what i am so sick and tired of this job every time i walk into this building the people here, they disgust me, whatever it is, right? Like if you're just like, the, oh, it's like I, office space right, like whatever it is, that's just, you just can't stand it. Um, they, you're, you're not respected there. You, you're given too much work and no credit, whatever the situation is, as you're building up and you're watching your savings account build and you're watching your inventory build, you can in the back of your mind go, I've got my plan B, my plan B is building and I'm just going to come in with a smile on because eventually I'm going to get to a place where I can walk into my boss's office and throw down an I quit letter, right? And, you can almost have that, like that, keeping you going. So instead of like I hate this place, you could be like, "All right, I'm getting closer," and and you can almost be motivated. So don't don't think of it as I'm just gonna leave now. Like it's better to have the you know the uh, forget you money already ready to go, and then you're in a much better place than just leaving. And now now you're 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 struggling.
1: Yeah, the the weight of your decisions are so much heavier when you are out there sourcing, trying to find items to flip, knowing that you better make that money right away. Right. And that That's a very tough spot to be in, uh, you know, because sometimes you may have a really good deal. You know, you might find a local deal and you might need, you know, if you spend a thousand, you're going to be able to flip all that. But that might take six months. Mm. Right. So you may pass up on that deal. So I don't know. Let us know. Did any of you just go full time that listen to us? with, you know, no capital, uh, barely any inventory and just went all in, right? My guess is either one, you had a lot of knowledge and so you were able to make it work or two, you had enough capital, you had enough, you know, that kind of money that you you could ride things for a little bit. Because if you don't have either of those, I, I think a lot of people, I know I've watched the video, I've, I've seen people say, I jumped to full time too soon. And it, I felt like every decision I made was going to be Make or break it, and and you, you don't want to be in that scenario. So be careful. That's good. All right, now this is more for the experienced sellers here that quit, and you see them. Like, and by the way, the, the ones that I said too much too early. If you go on YouTube, I did. The, I, I I wanted to did a little experiment. If you type in like I quit reselling or I quit eBay, whatever, you find that most of the people that quit uh, that have, and I'm not saying anything about their subscriber count, but usually like, cause we don't have a huge subscriber count, but they're really low, which tells me they just started reselling mm. and they just started documenting the process. And so eventually, the, you know, they get to the point where they quit. And so a lot of these individuals you see that are quitting, you got to see how long they've been reselling, mm. right? You can't take their, their word if it's like, they've only been reselling six months and then they quit and you're like, yep, I'm done. You're better off watching somebody who has a lot of subscribers that walks away and understanding why. Right. Sometimes they may be because, you know, we'll talk about this later. Maybe they're making more money on YouTube than they are reselling. Right. Maybe they found another income stream. Maybe it's not all negative. Right. Because I find that the new sellers that walk away, it's just, you know, lack of patience. Right. And these many aspects. Again, not trying to throw shade. We're just trying to help you guys out to say the course. All right. Resistance to change. Man, you see this all the time, don't you? Yeah. I'm resistant.
0: This is huge. Um, I recently had a conversation with uh, a parent and um, we were talking about schooling and all of that. And it was a tough situation because they they were not a fan of technology being used at school. And I totally get it. Like, I'm absolutely 100 percent understanding of wanting to, you know, protect our kids from certain technology things and not, you know, give them, you know, there are certain benefits to but some things change. Like the world looks very different today than it did 18 years ago or 20 years ago And some people are in school. And the world's gonna look very different by the time the kids' current students graduate. And so those kinds of changes that are happening, sometimes that I see that same mentality of, I don't wanna adapt, I don't wanna change because I disagree with certain things. Maybe eBay is doing something that you disagree with. Maybe a, a platform, a new platform has come out or a new way of, of doing something and you're like, you know what? I want to stick with what I know, and I'm not going to try this new thing. I don't want to at least dabble in it. And what I'm doing works. And I've seen so many people do what they do because it works until it stops working and it's too late because they weren't willing to adapt. And we see that happen with companies all the time. the companies that are willing to say, hey, maybe we should get a website going when other companies are like, why website? We've got a, a brick and mortar store and it works just fine. And then all of a sudden, Amazon comes and shuts them down, right? Because they didn't have a website and they weren't selling their product. And we as resellers, it's the same way, like we might look at the world and say, I don't like these new platforms that are coming out. I don't like the social aspect of Poshmark and not saying Poshmark is necessarily the best place to be selling. I, but, I don't like it, but okay. Uh, no, I agree. I, and I'm I'm saying, but but we, we got to at least try it and recognize that that type of, of selling is going to, in some way, influence the reselling platforms mm-hmm. as the future goes. So 10 years from now, I'm sure reselling platforms are going to look very different than they did back when eBay was just auctions. You know what I mean? So if you're kind of stuck on, no, this is how I resell. And you're not willing to say, you know what, I'm going to try another platform or I don't like this change that's coming, but I'm going to jump on and figure out how to make it work because maybe seven of the 10 changes that happen or the new technology doesn't stick, but one of them's going to, when it does, it's going to be revolutionary. And you either rode the wave or you missed it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I see it all the time. All you have to do is go into one of those Reddit forums or go into one of those, uh, there's certain, I would say eBay media out there that it just, you go in the comment section and it's all like, oh, I remember when eBay used to, and, I, and I'm done with eBay. And, and you can go into these really dark places where people are just angry and you can tell they're probably not reselling anymore. Right. I mean, the stuff they're t- they're talking about and complaining about was stuff that like happened five years ago. Right. They don't like the fact that, that fees are higher. They don't like the fact that, you know, the tier structure for stores have changed. They don't like the, you know, item specifics is one of those things. Hey, all of us can't stand it. I don't know one single person, not one, that says, I love eBay item specifics. No one. No one. And obviously eBay has not read the room, but no one has said they love it. But guess what? We all have to adapt. Right? Especially me. Full time. I have no choice. I have to do that to be on that platform. Right. And I'm not going to leave eBay because eBay has three times the size of every other platform outside of Amazon as far as in the secondary market of buyers. And so for me, it's like you need to adapt. And also, you know, let's talk about sourcing. Right. Because, you know, things change. Right. I can't buy the Tommy Bahama shirts that people were buying five years ago and make the same amount of money. And, and what I see a lot of people doing is. They keep buying the same stuff. And I'm guilty of this, too. Don't get me wrong. I still will pick up uh, certain things that, you know, sold well years ago. And then I list it and it just sits. And I'm like, why did I pick that up? But if you do that on a massive scale, you just keep, you know, you're like, I remember when this was big or you're like, hey, these are money makers." But you're not checking the latest comps. You haven't done your terapique research. You're just going on. Hey, this is what I've always known will sell. If things are changing, let's say the price drops, right? So for example, you know, I brought up Tommy Bahama, but you know, the the other day I talked about Sperry Top Sider shoes. There was a time when those sold for good money. Like you could, you could pick those up for like five bucks. You can fill them for 50 to 60. Now you're lucky to get even 20, right? Maybe if you get like the gold cup series of those shoes, you can get maybe 50 to 60. But if you're still picking them up, there's a reason why they're still at the thrift and no one's buying them. It's because they're not selling anymore. Right. Resellers yeah. know. Right. And so there's 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 certain changes that need to take place. And if if you're sourcing the same stuff consistently that you were sourcing 10 years ago and it's not selling and you're just hoping
0: that it will, it's going to eventually lead to burnout. Yeah. And and one of the burnouts that people see is um, that they don't see a steady increase in their sales and scaling of their business. And there's kind of two ways that that businesses can scale. Sometimes it's a long slow arc and then all of a sudden, you know, once you can scale and you get the warehouse and you have employees, you you tenfold, hundredfold and and, and that can certainly happen. But a lot of times if you're just doing it on your own, you're trying to resell, you're going to see a lot of growth in the early years of doing it, learning new niches, learning things and then it, you kind of have to fight for for growth after that you can make some contacts and you scale like crazy but if like let's say this year i made two contacts with wholesalers and now i've got these great contacts and i've been able to make it so i'm making a 100 grand a year reselling i'm like well last year i made 10 grand reselling this year i made a 100 well i'm going to be able to make a million the following year because every year it's going up you know that much and, and you can't you can't look for a perfect linear growth i think a good example of that is um I, I often mention like weightlifting and dieting because i think that those kinds of things have a lot of analogies you can use for economics and one of the things that that i notice people who start getting into weightlifting they can get discouraged easily and one of the reasons a lot of people start taking like steroids and things like that is when you first start weightlifting that first year you can make you get close to 40 to 50 percent of your total genetic muscle mass that you can put on right so people can gain t- 15 pounds of muscle in a year, their first year of of working out the second year, they're only making maybe 20% increase on what they had before. So maybe they made 15 pounds of muscle the first year, the second year, they might make maybe four to five pounds of muscle if they're lucky. The third year, they're getting maybe two pounds of muscle. Then to get the next like five pounds of muscle or four pounds of muscle, you might be looking at another five years it's like slows down incrementally. And so that people get discouraged because like, wait, my first year I, I gained 15 pounds. Uh, and and my second year, you know, I only gained seven, but now I'm only gaining like two pounds of muscle in a year. Like something's wrong here. And it's like, well, you know, sometimes it's not perfectly linear. Sometimes you're going to get to literally a cap of what your current system can do and and your current, and you will have to scale a certain way. Maybe it's a warehouse and employees in order to see that continual linear growth, or you're going to kind of plateau. And, if you realize that your plateau isn't enough to sustain full-time living, then you don't, then maybe it's not for you. But if you get to a point where you're like, I make them a lot, but I want to keep scaling, you're going to eventually reach your max. You're going to reach the point where I cannot sell anymore and source anymore on my own. And that can cause a lot of frustration for people. And if they're not willing to make that jump into the next thing, which again, that's very scary because your chances of failure goes up, right? Risk reward. And so I think the, the, the kind of the takeaway is you can't always expect linear growth. You're not going to always be able to expect, I'm going to continue to grow 25% year over year for my previous year sales. You might get lucky and see that one year. And then the next year it might be a 5% growth, right? So that can cause discouragement cause people to walk away and say, "I, I, I failed in reaching my goals. And I even know, like, for instance, Home Depot during the, uh, during the the pandemic thing that happened during that first lockdown, holy cow, everybody was, they were stuck at home, mm-hmm. they were buying stuff to do. And it was funny because Home Depot sales like just went through the roof. And then all of a sudden the stores, I know managers at stores are like, well now we've got almost unrealistic expectations that now next year we've got to top that. And it's like, well, that was kind of a unique situation. You're not always gonna be able to continually top the year before. It, growth doesn't always work like and that. And the growth
1: may be different, you know, and, and you, but I do think you need to grow in some way each year. So, for example, as far as eBay for me, the last I would say there was about two years where there wasn't growth financially in eBay, but there's growth as far as my inventory and how often I was selling things. So I didn't have to work as hard on eBay. Even now, I don't have to work as hard on eBay. I Do I still list every day? Sure, I do except for like the last month where I only listed like, I think two days. But the fact is my inventory became, you know, larger and larger over time that it was still growing, but the amount of money I was making was still the same. Now, Amazon, you know, I've always been able to scale every year because you learn, you learn, you know, how to find the right items. You learn how to ship faster. You know, you you learn different things. And with eBay, if I wanted to put the same amount of effort into eBay that I put into Amazon and Q4, I'm 100 percent sure that my eBay business would definitely scale. I don't know. You know, you got to look at different platforms and the scalability. Right. That's another thing to think about is, you know, is there something that you need to change? Right. To be able to scale even more. Right. I've even considered this right now. You know, I, I want to scale even more. Uh, but I'm finding with eBay that I'm like in this tough spot where I'm almost to, to 3,000 items. I don't know if getting to 4,000 is necessarily going to change how much I sell. I But I won't know till I get there, right? So
0: you got to get out there. and if Or it, even if you have the time, right? Like the amount of time you spend correct. shipping and listing, you might get to a point where you've got, you you can't keep sourcing the same amount and listing even more and shipping out more, like eventually something's going to give, right? Like if you're, mm-hmm. if you're used to shipping five items a day and all of a sudden you're shipping 20 items a day and you're used to taking 20 pictures a day or listing 20 things, now you have to list 50 to keep that number. Eventually something's going to give somewhere, you know?
1: Yeah. And you know, you can, you can really, I mean, there are people that put like, you know, pedals of metal and they just go and they go to the 20 listings to 50 listings, to 100 listings a day, which is great. I think it's like that's think, still gonna cut
0: into sourcing
1: and true, true. Shipping. But what I'm saying is it, it's okay to do it's okay to do that as long as you're growing, which I do think you will grow, but I think sometimes there's this unreal expectation that there's gonna be exponential growth and you gotta understand different platforms. Like on eBay, you know, I remember at one time I thought if I went from one thousand to two thousand items at my you Make sales double. Like yeah. double. And no, that wasn't the case, right? And I could have been really you know disgruntled Then i could have been like ebay's terrible but no i had to understand that there's more in play than how many items were on amazon it, it's a pretty e- easy equation if if i ship out more to fba than the previous year i sell more and i make more profit as long as my profit margins are the
0: same and even there though there's the limit of how much you can source right so absolutely true you can but then you got to take the next step like you got a team to source for you right that's what on. i mean like yeah. so scaling like you get to a place where some people think that you can continue to scale the way you've been scaling but eventually you're going to reach your plateau of what you can handle on your own and you know if you're not willing to take that next step of hiring a team and all that stuff which again that that's scaling but then there's a cost right you might think if i double the amount of sourcing i'm doing because now i hired a person well, you're not going to double your money because now you got to pay this person and you're going to... So you might only be increasing 20%. You might have doubled the amount you're sourcing, but you might only have a 20% increase in your sales because you're paying for somebody else to do a lot of the work. So there's going to be... You can't just think 100% linear. And I think that paradigm shift and understanding that, that mindset will definitely help to to have realistic expectations.
1: Now, I do want to end on on this last part of this section before we get to our hustle of the week and discussing the idea that it's okay. If you're not scaling exponentially, I think, I think I want to go back to your point, like something has to give. Right. And so I have found the times where I'm like super eBay focused. Right. And I'm, that's all I'm doing all day. And I'm just sourcing, listening, sourcing, listening, you know, every day. And I'm not spending time with my family. I'm not, you know, out with my church. I'm not, you know, just spending time doing nothing you can burn out really quick. So sometimes it's okay to keep just the standard of living that you're at, right? It's your choice. That's the beautiful thing about reselling is that you can pull that lever when you want to go over hundred miles an hour and just grow your business. And then there's times where it's okay to coast at 65 and just enjoy the scenic drive. Right. And that's kind of the stage in life. I sound really old saying that, but, you know, I'm kind of coasting a little bit when it comes to eBay. Now, when it comes to Amazon, I am I am putting the pedal again like I did last year because that allows me to coast on eBay, you know, come Q1 and Q2. All right. So just some things to think about. All right. Well, there are some things that I can't quit. <laughs> so much could be filled in right there. It's true. Uh,
0: AmericanBubbleBoy.com. That's one of our vices for sure. We we cannot quit American Bubble Boy. They've even got I like, can't quit you. They've got 12-step programs to help you get off American Bubble Boy because people easily get addicted to buying great quality bubble wrap at an amazing deal with quick shipping. And American Bubble Boy is, is has been a, a go-to for our family. Um I know Orlando uses it a ton. It's nice always having it. And you can even kind of get on like a, a routine set of reminder, like, oh, I need to buy again and just. Keep your store stocked and you're never running out of bubble wrap uh, and worrying about, oh, now I need to drive to Walmart or something and get some some bubble wrap that's going to cost cost you more. And it's, you're not going to be able to get all the different sizes that you might want. And the it. quality's not stuck. that great. Yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely, if you haven't checked out American Bubble Boy, we have a link in our description and we have a promo code. The promo code is Podcast, all one word, all lowercase. Give them a try if you haven't yet. And if you've tried them and you like them, let us know in the comments below because uh, we, we, I think it's great to just let other resellers know about a, a great product.
1: All right. So, hey, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Peers of Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, make sure to follow us on all three because, uh, you know, let's say Facebook and Instagram, something happens like... Yeah, they randomly after you know something happens, they just disappear for six hours. Yeah, you know, it can happen. We'll be on TikTok, or you know, there's a takeover and TikTok goes goes away forever. Who knows, right? We don't want to disappear. We're also on Twitter. Pure social. you see all the people that jumped onto like Twitter and like Telegram when it went down last week? Yeah, it's pretty funny. That was that was pretty interesting. All right. Also, you can give us a call, 619-738-1170 at 619-738-1170. We actually have two phone calls today that yeah. are coming through that some great stories that we want to share. Also, you can shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And as always, uh, if you're listening to the podcast but you haven't caught us yet on YouTube, make sure to jump over, hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, and click that bell notification. Uh, you know, sometimes we drop some videos at you'll be like, wow, I wish I watched this before because I would have picked this up at a garage though, or I would have known how to do this. I, I get DMs all the time. Like and the, and I mentioned the past podcast, like somebody learned about a certain pair of shoes by watching you know, our videos. And, and so you don't want to miss out. So check us out on YouTube. Also, thank you so much for the iTunes reviews. Uh, they've been really helpful. I think next a podcast we're going to look at some of those reviews we got a jam-packed episode so yeah
0: so if you want to if you want to have your review read on pure podcast go over and leave a review and uh let us know how much you love the show and we'd love to read some of the uh the recent reviews maybe we even should go back and make it a segment every once while so of like go through some of our old reviews and see what people said back when we were like just starting out that might be funny i don't know i don't know i get i kind of worry about the early episodes yeah you know
1: it is what so it is we'll see all right it is time now for
0: come on hustlers it's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah, funky. All right. <laughs> so our first one comes from Christy, IG handle at mom's underscore closet. Closets, Texas. Closets TX. Closets, Texas. Closets TX. Gotcha. Uh, was that a yard sale in a rich area. Those can be really good. Or sometimes the, Unless you know, they're a house for that's one thing. Or sometimes, sometimes people who are very wealthy, like the wealthiest of wealthy kind of don't have an understanding of what things are worth. And they're like, yeah, a hundred dollars for this. Cause to them, it's like, well, I, you know, I paid 150, it's a hundred dollars. Like they don't understand that. Like this is garage sale prices. Like we've got people coming here. Like I, I eat fast food sometimes, right? Like I don't, I don't eat steak dinners all the time. Like I don't have that kind of money. Uh, but anyway, so it was in a rich area and saw a bowl and looked at the bottom and it said that the writing on it was made in England Picked it up for three dollars and thinking it would be at least sell for twenty bucks. Went home and researched and found that some rare bowls go for over a hundred to two hundred fifty dollars. Listed it on eBay for one hundred and ninety nine ninety nine. And after seeing an offer while sending it was it oh, after sending an offer while it was on sale, uh, sold an Emma Bridgewater bowl for a best offer of one forty two forty nine. Holy cow! Three dollars. That's a. Those are the types of things that you if you're in a, a rich area, as it were that the, those types of things are good because you know that they probably didn't go to walmart to buy their china you know they didn't go they 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 probably yeah. have nice nicer things like that and maybe they were on vacation and they bought something in england so those are the kinds of things to look for maybe the shoes like maybe they still wear you know alan edmonds and you know those things that, that sell for good money but uh you know you can find those in a lot of yard, yard sales but Something like this, you know, that's a that's a good thing to be looking for when you're in the uh, rich areas.
1: Yeah, and and the thing what I liked about Christy is that, you know, just the made in England was enough for her, and and the cost was low, and and she did the research, right? And that's the thing, you know, it's it's research that will allow you to find those awesome sales. So it's good. All right, Christy. Uh Brandon, second hustle of the week. He was a guy. Remember a few weeks back? I think it was a McDonald's playset. I already sold it for like a oh, hundred yeah, something, yeah, yeah. right? Which was pretty cool. Uh, so IG handle katos.collectibles dot collectibles. And uh, this is a crazy story. Like dude, this is one of those where I'm just jealous. Like I wish <laughs> I had this experience. So <laughs> went to an estate sale, went in and bought some stuff. But a friend convinced him to go back for, for more and look for more. He already picked up a Super Nintendo inbox console with 10. I think it was like 20 games. I saw the picture. Holy cow. Okay. And again, video game stuff is really hard to find, yeah. at least for us it is. I don't know about the rest of the time. I keep watching the stuff on social media. People are like, look at this huge hall. I'm like, what? I have not seen that ever out here. Uh, while in the basement of the estate sale, after I we went back, saw an old work boot box in the corner of the room, opened it up, and there was a bunch of vintage G.I. Joes. Ooh, there's a market for that. Yeah, I mean, you know what? When he said somebody had DM, not DM me, had text. One of the other resellers I know texted me about some vintage GI Joes at the store shall not be named, and I was just like, "Ah, I'm eating dinner right now. Should have gone." Anyways, but Brandon went back, like his friend has suggested. Found the box, found all the vintage GI Joes. Paid fifty dollars for the entire box. Listed eleven of the figures, so he has about like if I looked at the box, about fifty plus figures. Okay, so listed eleven of them. At auction on eBay, right? And, and you know, I, I'm I'm thinking about auction some, for some of my yeah. items, you know? After 29 bids, sold those 11 figures for $1,146 plus shipping. Jeez. That's like hustle of the year kind of status. That's, that's legit. So keep us posted, Brandon, about what, what the entire haul ends up being. Yeah. Right?
0: Because you're not even touching the Nintendo or all the other G.I. Joes. Yeah, i I need to. I need to get in the vintage toy market. I feel like there's a there's definitely money there. I have my vintage He-Man figures from like a few YouTubes ago. Yeah, it, I've, there's I no just thing. saw somebody on OfferUp listing like eight vintage He-Man toys, and they were wanting like two hundred and fifty dollars for them. So, I mean, I'm assuming they did their research on them. So you might have some money. Sitting what
1: there. what if like we went to it and you clicked on it? It was like my son. Oh
0: yeah, like he grabbed it's my serious. inventory and listed it. No, I was, I was almost wondering. I'm like, are these are Is he trying to to sell them on OfferUp? No, I wouldn't do that. I, there's more money on eBay.
1: All right. Uh, wow. Okay. We have some... You, you thought these last two Hustle of the Week were great. We have some more great ones. So let's tune into our first one. This is Eric block underscore party with no A and no O on the block on Instagram. He's done several Hustle of Weeks, by the way. Long time listener.
2: What's going on guys? This is Eric, aka Block Party on Instagram. I just want to tell you about a find that I had at a yard sale a couple of weeks ago. I went to a yard sale, it was a big community sale and we had um and I got there a little bit later than what I wanted to and um I was talking to the guy and I was buying some stuff and I was like, Hey, you know, do you have anything else? And he goes, Oh yeah, you know, I've got a basement full of trash. I'm getting ready to throw away all this trash that I have and it's like some toy boxes, odds and ends. So I was like, All right, let's go, let's go take a look at it. We went downstairs, took a look at it. He had, like, He-Man, Castle Grayskull box. He had, like, that left over. He had a Thundercats box. But then he goes, hey, do you want this box? And he goes behind this file cabinet, and he pulls out, like, the grail of all grails. It's literally the G.I. Joe um it's the Defiant Space Shuttle Complex. The box itself is about almost six feet tall. It is Holy massive. Smokes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So I definitely took that. I ended up picking up all this stuff. He was getting ready to throw it all away. It was like RC cars and generation one transformers. And I don't know, it's it's incredible, all the stuff I picked up. So grabbed the box, obviously took it home, put it up on eBay. It just sold last week for two thousand one hundred dollars on She's auction. Wild. I started the auction at eight hundred, and box? it and it, uh, and it nice, ended up man. taking bids. And the last three seconds, it bid up to it was like seventeen hundred where it ends. So after shipping and everything else, it ended up at twenty one hundred. So that was like the most, one of the most amazing sales we've had on eBay so far in our three years of doing it. So pretty excited about that. I went to go ship it. It was almost over the actual dims that you can ship. The next the next level of shipping up would have been freight, which would have been about a thousand dollars. So uh to ship on UPS ground, it's basically your your maximum that you can go is like eighty inches by thirty three inches by about four inches. There's like there's like a uh there's there's like a maximum there. So I was just underneath that. Wow. So I went. Uh, I went to FedEx and get, got their biggest wardrobe box. Like broke it down, and then wrapped that around the actual box and then shipped it to FedEx round. So, pretty awesome sale all around. It just has me like on such a freaking high right now. Really, really happy to be able to share it with you guys. Uh, looking forward to hearing it on the uh, podcast. Thanks, guys. Be real, be relevant, and be reselling. I love it. All right, yeah. Thanks. Bye.
0: That's that's crazy. It's just a box and. And that's kind of stressful even thinking about shipping a box because there's nothing like in there like holding it up. So you really got to brace the outside of the mm-hmm. or the inside. So of. So when the he box. says he
1: wrapped, he literally takes a cardboard and wraps the cardboard around the cardboard. You know how it gets really firm?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I mean, you've got to you got to do something because if I was stuck at the place where you had to do freight in a situation like that and I made that much, I would consider just driving to wherever it was. Uh, yeah, Or just fly if you have. Well, but I wouldn't box. want it. I wouldn't want it to go on the bot, the bottom of an airplane either. That is true. You know, <laughs> hey, you
1: can't do carry on with a massive box.
0: Yeah. So um, okay, that wouldn't work. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty impressive uh, find. I, I I don't even know if I would think about selling boxes like that, but I mean, again. so this is
1: this is the Grail of GI Joe. Wow. Okay, so if you guys, unfortunately, you know, if you listen to the podcast, uh, and we're not going to put a picture on the YouTube, but it's a 1987 GI Joe Space Shuttle Defiant. If you look that up, it is the grill. It is a piece that most I would say pretty much all G.I. Joe collectors hope to have in their collection. I saw a show one time. It goes into the thousands. Wow. Right. And some people want to complete their set. And, you know, boxes are going to you know, a kid opens it up at Christmas. They rip apart the box. Like, yep. what are the chances that there's an intact box? And that's yeah. why it went for so much. But, uh, wow. And then, you know, Eric, keep us posted. I, you know, I forgot to ask him in the DMs, like if like the He-Man boxes and all the other stuff. Like, did he pick those yeah. up? And is he gonna?
0: Do those sell too? Yeah, that's awesome. So, wow. All right, good stuff.
1: Again, Block Party B L C K underscore P R T Y on Instagram.
0: All right, our next one comes from Miss Amy Graham. Let's hear this one.
3: Hi guys, this is Amy Graham. I've been listening to you for a while. I love your podcast. It's so helpful. Um, I've been selling on eBay since two thousand and one, and this isn't really a hustle of the week, but it's uh, I just want to let you know, like this it really is. fun story. My husband and I drove about ten minutes um, on a Facebook marketplace ad to go pick up this really cool homemade wooden box that I wanted for my house and um, not to resell, but anyway, we drove, and the box was full of silverware. And I asked the lady, I said, do I have to take the silverware or can I just have the box? And she said, Nope, you got to take everything in it for 20 bucks. And so we took it, and to me, it didn't look like good silverware. And I'm not into silverware, it's not my niche. But um, anyway, we got it home and started looking. There were two sets of sil- two complete sets of silverware. One had the wooden handle, which I resold on eBay for $60 for no the money. set. And uh, turns out the other set of silverware was sterling. Oh, and I reached out to a metal um, dealer and sold the set for $750. Holy smokes. <laughs> so I think that uh, I just want to share that story because it's those surprises and those things that you aren't expecting that you find that keeps us in the game. My husband mm-hmm. and I are loving it. And um, when you find something like a diamond in the rough or a hidden gem. That's what keeps us going and or we
1: the have so much the box. Fun. So yes.
3: your tips on shipping and all that stuff is the other part that really helps us the most. So keep working hard and thanks for everything that you do.
0: Wow, man, that's amazing. That like just goes to show like again it it that took some, you know, thinking to say, like I wanna actually see if this is, you know, real because it'd be easy to like say there's junk in this box, empty it and go set the box in your house, right? And not even do the research. Cause yeah, probably ninety percent of the time, ninety nine percent of the time, it's gonna be junk, yeah, right? But that that's the thing. Like I always got to
1: check. I see this on Instagram all the time. I don't say it enough on the podcast. When you do a bulk buy, look at everything you buy. Cause sometimes people will throw stuff in, and you don't even think it's valuable. And next thing you know, you might find something that's more valuable than anything else that you picked up in that bulk
0: buy. Yeah, no, that's that's an amazing one.
1: Wow, it just and that was nice because she just went to a metal dealer, right? Yep. So no fees, no shipping, just boom, seven fifty done. So thanks so much, Amy, for sharing. Hey, the more phone calls, the better. We always love having you on. Uh, there's like, a, it's like a two minutes, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, don't talk for 30 minutes, right? Or we'll have to edit it down. <laughs> and I can't promise we'll do that. But uh, yeah, if you if you can, you know, just like these ones, quickly, concisely tell your story. Uh, we'd love to hear hustles. We'd love to hear tips. Anything, questions. questions we anything. want to
1: incorporate more listeners into the podcast. Yeah, this
0: is problem. your show, right? This is all of our show. This isn't, this isn't... Uh, me and orlando only right this is us it's a community i love that there you go all right this is, see i don't even feel like you sharing any more about hustle of the week after the use yeah.
1: but it's okay no go ahead what was your hustle of the week
0: okay so i've actually like crushed it last week on offer up so if you didn't watch the video that i posted on saturday with all my offer up finds uh, and i know i had to kind of hide a couple of them uh, be a little vague because i didn't want to give up a market that i might be in now but uh i did really good but one of the ones that wasn't Huge, so much profit, but just kind of a hustle as far as the story and how it worked. So, um, I was, and we, we kind of talked about it the last podcast. Um, I was at school and I found some dumbbells for just a crazy price. So, so right now, uh, dumbbells are still going used for pretty much minimum a dollar a pound. And that's pretty crazy for used because that used to be the price for new. And the fact that used is still going for that much instead of like maybe 50 cents a pound, uh, which is kind of more typical for used weights. Well, somebody was selling, um, two 30 pound weights, two 20 pound weights, and two uh, 15 pound weights. So I think it's about 130 pounds total for $40. And I was just scrolling through offer up and I was kind of constantly refreshing it on like my home screen and they popped up and I'm like, there's no way, right? 40 bucks. And so I messaged them. I'm like, Hey, can, can I cut like, I really want to get these, but I knew I was on my way to the, come to the podcast after school. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to stop because it's kind of out of the way. I'm like, can I come tomorrow? And I knew it was a long shot. And the guy's like, you know, no, you know, somebody else is already reaching out to me. Uh, they're, they're coming tonight. You've got to come by tonight. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. So I messaged Rolando. I'm like, you, do you happen to be in the city right now? And then in this area? And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, dang it. So I'm like, all right. And then he starts messaging me back and he goes, yeah, I actually have like eight people messaging me about these right now. This is crazy. He's like, who would have thought a bunch of dumbbells would go for so much. And I was like, well, and here's where I got into, you know, like, this is the long shot. I was like, I'm not going to be able to pick these up tonight. Somebody's coming to get them so my long shot is maybe the person will flake maybe and the only thing i could think of is what if i just kind of get on this guy's good side and just let him know that i I, all i basically said is yeah the reason you're going to sell them tonight because he's like you know how people flake and i don't want to have people flaking on me and i said look you're gonna you're gonna sell these tonight for sure you're selling them for a really good price weights are hard to come by right now um people people are desperately looking for them you're you're definitely going to sell them uh you could probably even sell them for more if you wanted to but uh you know i'm it's too bad i couldn't get it right
1: so were you secretly hoping to burn all the other sellers
0: no i mean not not really i mean that that's not the i, I didn't have like a malicious like well, no you're, good, you're you know, a
1: branching I'm, out no you're a branching out
0: yeah like that, I mean, that was the thing it was, it was just a long shot because my thought was he's gonna sell these today right and and maybe maybe he does realize like oh am i because if you're getting like eight nine ten messages within a few minutes of posting something no, and the
1: only reason i say that, is that i've been on the other end of that where you're the nice guy, but I know people that aren't the nice guys, and you'll be at a garage show, and they see that you have something in, in your hand that they want. And they're right? Like, oh man, those go for like a hundred and fifty on eBay. It's like, what? Yeah. Who yeah they just who are you? Yeah. But and I've had an offer up too, where I show up to a place, and they'll they'll say, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I get all these messages, and people are like, oh, you can sell that for way more. That guy is coming, he's gonna rip you off. Mm-hmm. You should sell it for this much. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. And and yeah, that that I mean. Honestly, there's the other end of that, which is, you know, somebody, I mean, technically they could just be like letting somebody know how much it's worth. And my thought is this guy's either one going to sell it for the $40 that he's trying to sell them for, or two, he is going to, uh, he's going to realize, well that, or he's going to realize that, Hey, all these people are interested. I'm going to raise the price. I've done that before of selling things. If all of a sudden you're getting all these offers on eBay, you're going to be like, you know what, maybe I should raise the price on this. Right. So I basically told him, you know, good luck. You're going to sell it. Um, you're, they're, they're highly sought after right now. He ended up messaging me that night and he said, surprise, surprise, the guy who was supposed to come pick them up flaked on me. And he goes, I've got a whole bunch of people reaching out to me, but you seem like a really cool guy. I appreciate your honesty, all of that. And he says, "Um, if you want them and you can come get them by, you know, 430 tomorrow, they're yours. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I was thinking like, maybe if this guy's rich and he doesn't care about money and he's, it's not so much like he wants that extra hundred bucks that he can make off of these weights, but he's just trying to find like a, somebody, a good person to sell them to. And honestly, I'm gonna end up using the weights, right? Like I'm gonna sell some of them uh, to make it where I basically get the weights for for free. The ones I needed, I need the 30 pound weights. And sure enough, I was able to pick them up and I got them. And when I showed up to the house, I mean, I'm talking mansion, I'm talking two sports cars in the driveway, a Mercedes SUV and a Tesla plugged in. Like just, this guy's got money. So he didn't care about the extra $100 he -hmm. could make, right? And I was like, it was a long shot. Like I I was like, I've got a one in a thousand of, of getting this item. And it worked out so the reason it's a hustle is i developed a connection it just goes to show you don't want to i could have easily been like well who te- who messaged you first is the other guy first like I-, I messaged you first and uh you know i can be there but i, I could have been mean but i was just like honest and i was like hey no i totally understand people are flakes um you know but don't worry about it i promise you you're gonna end up selling these soon you know so i was i was nice and it worked out and basically what i like about it is i'm gonna sell i don't need the 15 or 20 pound weights. Uh, so I'm going to sell those and then I'm going to make enough profit off of that, that I basically got my 30 pound dumbbells for free plus made some money. Oh, that's nice.
1: I mean, the, that's awesome. That other approach works. I, I got to tell you, and, and you're bridging because maybe later on, uh, ho- I mean, he knows how to contact you and he may have other stuff, mm. right? Hey, this guy dealt fairly with me. Let me know what's going on. And And I always tell people this, like, You know, I mentioned this on the podcast, like sometimes we're given a hard time because we haggle and because, you know, we get good deals. We got to understand people are wanting to offload stuff like they don't care to sell it for cheap. Like we're not ripping anybody off. That guy was not being ripped off. He just wanted to move stuff.
0: Yeah, the extra $100 is probably... I mean, again, I'm not making judgments, but he probably gives that in a tip when he's going out to dinner tonight. You but know what it, I mean? It
1: probably costs him more to pick it up if he dropped it.
0: Yeah, so so I mean, the, he wasn't so much concerned about making that extra $100, but yeah, selling it to somebody who... And and I I'm going to use the weights until they sell. You know what I mean? So it's like they're going to a good home i'm gonna i'm gonna take total advantage of them and yeah i made a good connection with the guy so um you know we we never try and rip anybody off ever and of course if somebody's gonna you know we're not gonna go to a little kid and say i'll give you two pennies for your one quarter right like we're not manipulating people but if people are trying to get rid of their stuff out of their house and they're wanting it gone you know i'll take it because i've got to do the work of listing it taking pictures all this stuff and uh you know it's, that's fine. I've sold things to people and basically given things away that I probably could have resold, but I didn't want to do the work. Mm-hmm.
1: Agreed, agreed. All right, so my hustle week, I already posted this sale on, on Instagram and Twitter last week and Facebook. Uh, it was a San Antonio Spurs jersey uh, shooting shirt, actually. But I, wa- I wanted to give the backstory because not everybody, you know, follows our Instagram. So you should sh- check us out on Instagram if you're not and follow us if you're We listening to the podcast. I mean, we have... <laughs> it's funny because we have thousands of followers on Instagram that don't listen to the podcast. We have thousands of listeners on the podcast that probably don't follow us on Instagram. Yep. Right. So check us out. Uh, so this was an Instagram story. It was in a YouTube. So, you know, I go to this estate sale and, you know, it, and there's people all over the place and people are picking things up and, you know, it, it's one of those where you, you're like, oh, I think all the good stuff is gone. Right. and, I see a pile of rain spooners shirt, Hawaiian shirts that I love picking up. And I start looking through them. And some ladies like those are mine. I think I shared the story already right in the mm-hmm. podcast. And I was like, oh, and then, you know, I go into the closet and literally there wasn't anything else left in the closet. It was all, all a bunch of like Walmart brands. It was like Natural Issue, Puritan, like Wrangler, I think it's now a Walmart brand, you know, all those brands. So, But I always recommend looking at closets in estate sales because you never know. Because we all have those items, or maybe it's just me, that you just keep that is a value to you, but you're never going to wear. Like, for example, I have a 49ers jersey that I just never wear. Like, it, it just sits in my closet. I don't ever plan on wearing it, but I I, I don't want to sell it. So it just sits there. I have another jacket that just I never wear it, and it just sits there now. I recently sold a couple of my uh, vintage starter jackets that I paid like 40 and I flip them for like 200 or whatever but that's just because I just got tired of them and I want to get some new jackets. So I always look, always look, always look. And at the very end behind, you know, a couple other items, there was this shooting shirt. And if you saw on the Instagram, right, it was, it was a dark, it was a dark place. You couldn't really tell what's going on, but I knew it was vintage because anytime you pick up a Jersey and it feels rough, it could be like a sandit Jersey. It could be a nineties Jersey. Uh, And generally, it's pretty good. And so it was champion. It looked old. And then I went home and I did the research and I found that there were some shooting shirts going for like 100, 125, even from the 90s. But I'm like, no, I'm listing this high. So I listed it at $400. (laughs) And then it went on sale for 25% off. So then it dropped to 300. And I had a bunch of people lowball me. And eventually, somebody gave me a good enough offer, and the average cost for everything at that estate sale was four dollars and fifty cents. So I paid four fifty for the shooting shirt, and it sold, I think, within two or three weeks for two hundred twenty-five dollars plus shipping. Nice. And it's going international. It's going through one of those, you know, where you ship to like a company, and then that company ships it to somebody overseas. So well, don't be scared about those companies either. But uh, yeah, look in those estate sale closets. You never know what you're gonna find. I like it. All right. Hey, before we move on now to our last reason, and this is good reasons we're gonna talk about why people leave reselling, because there is a positive to leaving reselling. It's not always for bad reasons. Uh, let's talk about Skullshaver real quick. School Shaver, I, I'm I'm digging it. I'm loving it. You know, the other day I was watching a TikTok, and uh, do you know that uh, that guy? His name's I don't know. I see, but the guy that like told everybody to buy Bitcoin like back in, is this like bald black guy, I'm Da Vinci sure. I think is his name. He like he told everybody when Bitcoin was like two bucks to buy mm-hmm. a bunch of Bitcoin. And he bought like a ton of Bitcoin. He's like a multimillionaire. But you know what I noticed? He was all clean and dapper, but he had a nick on his head. Mm. I'm like, bro, like you got the Lambo. You got the suit.
0: You're just missing the Skull Shaver. You
1: need the Skull Shaver. Yeah. And so, you know, I even felt like DMing him like, hey, check out the Skull Shaver. Use our promo code PURE. P U R E.
0: Yeah, I, we actually. I just saw a comment that came through on YouTube, and I'm thinking because it's just a timestamp, and I haven't watched it yet. What that timestamp? But it, it was on our last episode, and I think it was from when you were talking about the uh, the lady said, "I have a boyfriend, but I like you." Oh yeah. And they their response was, "It's because of the skull shaver." Yes. So <laughs> yes. It, it definitely could be because of the skull shaver. There you go. So if you haven't picked up skull shaver, in case you're wondering what it is,
1: uh, it's a it's a handheld mor- it's, a, it's a shaver for your skull. Yes. Shave, yeah, it's
0: good. Yeah, you, You've heard of Skullshaver. You've seen it. They're everywhere. They had a Super Bowl commercial. They forgot to add us in the commercial, like as seen on Purell's podcast. I know they meant to. That would have helped their marketing a little, but it's okay.
1: True, true. But I have a lot of people saying, I like you, but I have a yeah. boyfriend. Mm. So anyways, <laughs> go to Skullshaver.com, use our promo code PURE, P-U-R-E. Yeah. All right, let's talk about why people leave reselling, but for good reasons. Yeah. Okay. The first one is recently might have just been what was needed at the moment.
0: Yeah, stopgap, right? Like they need a little bit of extra money to pay some bills. And this happened a lot. They want some fun year. money, right? Yeah. They want to go on vacation. I want I, I want to buy a drone, right? Like how I got into it. Uh, so yeah, sometimes people have a, a set goal. They've got a, I want to make an extra thousand dollars this year so I can buy Disneyland tickets for my family. They reach it and then they're done. They don't want to do a lot of extra work for, they don't want another job. They just wanted to have Disneyland tickets, right? And so there's nothing wrong with that. If that's if that's your goal and you understand that, or maybe it's, maybe it's I just need to make ends meet and then you get a raise at work, you get a better job, something else happens, I don't need to do this anymore. And it's taken a lot of time and maybe I'll just keep uh thrifting and garage selling on the side for fun, but I'm not gonna stress about, you know, keeping a store at a thousand inventory.
1: Yeah, and so th- there's nothing wrong with walking away. Like if it's something you just did for a while and then eventually you kind of lost, you know, the thrill of it because... Now you're making way more income at your other job, or you find you're finding that your current job was way more enjoyable. It's okay, right? I do I do feel that there's there's this I don't know maybe it's just me, but there's like this underlying sentiment in the reselling community that like if you walk away from reselling
0: that you're a failure. Yeah, that, you know, we, reselling is not a cult, right? Like it's very cult like to and you, I even talked about this when I did my uh my Lulu Row review. Mm there is one of the things that a lot of cults do and like even kind of in the Lulu row thing is this, if you walk away or if you question and you start to, you know, move in a different direction, you're going to be ostracized from the community. And that shouldn't be what reselling is. Like we have friends who we met through the podcast who we've talked to, we've met up with, we've done things and then now they do things besides reselling and we're not like you're out. Right? So if, if one of our friends on Instagram, somebody that we know, They're like, you know, I don't resell anymore. I'm a realtor now. I make a lot of money or whatever the situation is. We're not going to be like, that's it. I'm not messaging you back. I'm not. So, you know, that's we're not the reselling community shouldn't be like that. And people shouldn't be pressured. Like you have to be reselling. You have to be doing this. You have to be doing that or or you're out. Right. Like that's not what makes. I mean, we have a common bond, uh, but we also develop real friendships. And so, yeah, don't make anybody feel bad for for leaving because, you know. Maybe it was just an end to a mean or a, a means to an end, uh, and that kind of goes on to the next step or the next uh, point we're going to make is no pun intended. Yeah, uh, maybe reselling was just a a a vehicle that was used to get to the next thing. Maybe maybe you you used reselling to make enough money so that you can open up that food truck you always wanted to open up, or you did reselling and you realized, man, I'm getting really good at like managing money and doing these things i learned a new skill i'm getting hired by a company to do things because i have the skill now that i didn't have before or you know man i've got all of this money and you know now i i am able to use it and i'm able to invest in the stock market and now i'm making enough money there that i don't need to so it could have been that reselling was just like the other way like just a, a means to an end and maybe it, it it literally uh like got you to where you need it i need you know, $20,000 to start this business I want to start and I'm going to resell. And it it gave me the the tools I needed. I mean, through reselling, I've learned a lot about marketing. I've learned through doing the podcast a lot about a lot of different things that I could use these skills in so many areas of my life now.
1: No, agreed. And so this is one of those things where I, I've thought about a lot, like reselling. It's funny the other day, you know, I have gotten into crypto. Some of you have, you know, had DM me on the podcast about crypto. And, and it's funny because. I feel like such an amateur when I talk to Mike about crypto because Mike was doing crypto.
0: You're way, you're way
1: (laughs) deeper in than I am now. Well, I am now, but, you know, I would have never gotten into crypto if I didn't have the capital that I got from reselling. Right. And so, you know, I got into crypto and so I learned crypto or, you know, uh, we've we've figured out other ways uh, to make money, whether it be through social media, as far as like we, we figured out, you know. Hey, you could be like a social media manager or you can, you know, even us, like we started this podcast just to document our journey of reselling. And next thing you know, we started getting sponsorship deals, right? And we've gotten some nice sponsorship deals at times here and there. And so what happens is as a, as a reseller, it becomes a vehicle to something else, right? We, I know a lot of resellers that they started reselling and then they just scaled to a point that they're like, now I have enough money to invest in in a house to flip. And then you started flipping houses. Or some that went from eBay to Amazon FBA to private label to now they have their own company that isn't even private label. They're just their own brand. And that's what they do, right? So lots of opportunities come up. So it's not always a bad thing when people walk away. Um, I'm thinking even myself right now. I'm not saying I'm leaving reselling or a podcast. But right now, we're at a time where there's a lot of opportunities in education, right? And I've been a school administrator. I've been a teacher for the last 19 years. Mike is also, but now with all the technology around, like for example, in one of my classes, I teach once a week, I have students from other part of the country in my class, right? And I'm an independent contractor. And so I'm able to, you know, with the technology, with Zoom and everything, I can still run that class just as efficiently as if they were in the classroom with me. And so what if I scale that to, I do that, you know, one, I do that five times in one day and it brings in enough revenue where I, I only have to do like part-time reselling, mm-hmm. right? Just, just things to think. I'm not saying I'm going in that direction, but I was thinking about that the other day. Like, what if, what if I could scale this? Right. Cause in the end I'm more about the time freedom than I am about the money. The money is nice don't get me wrong it it I have a bigger house that I live in now you know I'm able to you know get one of my kids in private school who wants to be at a certain school I, I've been able to do a lot of things uh because of reselling but the the freedom to be able the ability to just go on a trip and not have to worry about income right my goal i don't I don't want to talk too much but <laughs> i I want to get to a point where like when I'm 50 like I have passive income right and then I could pursue a phd and I could become a professor and blah 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 and I'll do all that and reselling does that for a lot of people, right? They get to a certain stage where they they made enough capital and they figured out other streams of income and they got to a place where, you know what? It's time to walk away from reselling. I mean, I I got to tell you, when I'm 80, I'm not looking forward to picking up totes full of merchandise anymore, right? I'm not looking to do all that stuff anymore. I want to do something different. I'm never going to retire, but I want to do something different. So, is there anything you want to add? I felt like no, I just talked I so much. Good. Yeah. So, but hey, so... There are some bad reasons, right? Like people quit reselling, right? They they start too early, right? They don't know enough. Uh, they, They're impatient, impatient yep. right? And they cause themselves too much work by doing some bad sourcing or they're not adaptable. Uh, they're not adaptable. The resistance to change. And then there's all the positive things we just talked about, right? Leveling up, scaling, learning new ways to make money, you know, vehicle to something else and brand new opportunities. So, Make sure you avoid the negatives and embrace the positives. And hopefully reselling gets you to the next level, whatever it may be. Yeah. And with that being said, make sure to be real.
0: Be relevant. And be
1: reselling. Peace. Peace.